Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Good morning. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about um, the Holy Spirit. Five of you are excited. How many of you were here last weekend? How many of you enjoyed the presence of the Holy Spirit? Okay. How many of you enjoyed the Word? Now, here's the beautiful thing. I want you to just settle this thing in your heart. I, how many of you appreciated the people who got wet? Can we just give them a, a, a round of applause? Eh? They, they, took it, they took it well, didn't they? Amen. And I'm sure that God touched them the minute that it happened. Because it's so true. You know, even communion is a physical anchor for a spiritual reality. When we take communion, we are remembering what Jesus did. And sometimes a little bit of water can uh, help just remind us of the fact that the Holy Spirit has a real tangible impact on our lives. And I've shared on this a little bit before, but for those of you who were here and aren't and weren't here, I want you to just know that the Holy Spirit isn't just a good feeling. Even though He brings with Him comfort. How many of you have appreciated the Holy Spirit's comfort during this time? Sometimes when we face situations that we don't understand, the Holy Spirit will come and just comfort us in those situations because He wants us to be encouraged so that we will carry on. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to continue. Amen? So when Jesus was teaching on the Holy Spirit, He was talking um, and it's in John 14. So if you've got your Bible, which you should have it here. Amen. That's, I want you to go to John 14. And you'll see there in verse um, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And by the way, his commandments are not the Ten Commandments. His commandments are to love one another as he has loved us. And the Ten Commandments are not against those commandments. But we have a different command, to live according to the spirit of love. Okay? So, he says, if you keep my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. The word helper there is parakletos. means the one who comes alongside. To be with you for some time. How many of you are reading your Bibles right now? What does it say there? Forever. How long is forever? Okay. Can we determine the time? Right? Everything that has happened is in the past. Am I correct? Everything that is going to happen is in the future. Everything that is happening is now. The only thing that is forever is now. Do you understand that? Now is the only reality. Now. Right now. That's why the Bible says, 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as the Israelites did in their rebellion. For he has called today the day of rest. Why? Because as long as it is called today, let us enter in. Today is now. Isn't that right? So the only place that we live in is now. You are seated in heaven when? Now. You are with Christ. Now. The Holy Spirit is with you. Now. So it's not one day when I get enough of the Holy Spirit, one day when I get enough revelation. It's not then, it's now. And unless you take hold of what is available to you now, you will never see it manifest in your physical future. Because the future is made up of the decisions you make now. I mean, you all know what I'm saying is true, right? Because you can do nothing about the mistakes you made yesterday other than make better choices today so that tomorrow is a better day. Well, that was free. So, the, so here's the thing. The Holy Spirit as a helper is here in the now to help us make decisions now so that we make better decisions now so that tomorrow we'll have a better day tomorrow. Okay. How many of you have studied out some of the prophets in the Old Testament? I just want to get an idea. If you can put up your hand for me. All right, so not many of you. But most of the prophets in the Old Testament, they prophesied according to the will of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon their lives brought them out as individuals that were separate from everyone else. They were different. Some would even say that they were peculiar. Am I right? When a prophet walked into your city, you paid attention. Because it either meant one of three things. He was either going to bless you, or he was going to make your life very difficult, or you were about to repent. Isn't that right? So when a, when a prophet walked in, that was what happened. It happened so often that even Israel would oppose their own prophets because they didn't want to hear about the things that they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing. So they killed the prophets. But people were still afraid of the prophets because the prophets carried authority. Why? Because they spoke with authority. They spoke on behalf of God. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, He came... To bring the authority of heaven upon your life. Heaven is in agreement with God's word because heaven wants to invade the earth and God wants his will and his intent established on the earth through a people who have submitted to his will on the earth. And that means that every single one in this room right now has the Holy Spirit as a seal if you are born again. 
those of you who might not be born again, you need to see me afterwards. It's not difficult, man. Jesus died to get you in. Just come see me. We'll sort you out. It's easy. God isn't holding out on you. He is with arms open wide, stretching out and wanting to just embrace you. He wants to bring you into the kingdom. Is there any person here who thinks that they were deserving of, the, of salvation? I'm sure that there isn't. Am I right? We all know that we didn't deserve salvation. Salvation came to us, in fact, because we didn't deserve it. So now that we have the Holy Spirit living in us and upon our lives, what is the purpose for that? And how do we create a, how can I put it, a culture or an atmosphere in which people can thrive so that they don't just know the Holy Spirit as a quiet voice for themselves, but they can also know the Holy Spirit as an instructor and a helper for themselves and those around them. How many of you know that knowledge isn't worth anything if you don't have the wisdom to apply the knowledge? The Holy Spirit gives us godly wisdom on how to apply knowledge because the world's wisdom is contrary to the wisdom of God. If you want God's type of result in your life, if you want the miraculous to operate, if you want the supernatural to work in your life to the point where it becomes natural for you to live a supernatural life, then you have to begin to understand that you have to see the world through God's eyes and you have to adopt the mind of Christ. You cannot adopt the mind of Christ if you don't begin to take what the Holy Spirit is telling you, and surrender to it. So he is a helper, and he's here to help you. Amen? All right. Did you learn something there? Now, for the sake of this morning, um, I'm wanting to take us a little bit further than I did before in about half the time that I had before. So that's great, right? Okay, so, so here's the thing. It's one thing to talk about it and say, okay, guys, develop your own personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is important. I don't think any of us would disagree that you should already have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, remember I said, go have a cup of coffee with the Holy Spirit. How many of you actually did that? No one. Do you see how busy you are? You were, busy, you were so busy that you could have coffee, coffee by yourself, but you couldn't have coffee with him. Am I right? It's not a condemnation. It's an observation. I'm not here. I'm not your policeman. I'm only here to illuminate so that they can bring revelation, so that you can walk in a greater measure of understanding, and you can realize that there is potential in you that hasn't yet been unlocked because you haven't made the decisions that can unlock that potential. 
Jesus would never have accomplished what he accomplished had he not taken instruction and become obedient even to the point of death. Instruction is not a bad thing. Every parent in this house knows that instruction is an important thing. Without instruction, how will your children know what they should and shouldn't do and where they can and can't go? But just because they make mistakes along the way, that doesn't mean you throw them out the family. Are you guys with me? Okay, so I'm trying to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of thinking about something you did wrong. And then you don't listen to the rest of what I have to say this morning. Okay, is that good? All right. So, what the Holy Spirit wants is to spend time with you. Because he knows that he can rub off on you in a positive way. But one of the best ways for the whole church to be encouraged was the same thing that happened in the book of Acts. So if you go to the book of Acts, please go with me to um, verse 14. That's Acts 2, verse 14. And while you're going there, I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap. I'm sure you remember it's... um, Jesus ascends into the sky, and then after that, they're all waiting on the day of Pentecost. Now, how many of you know that the day of Pentecost was the celebration of the day that the law was given? How many of you know that? The day of Pentecost was the celebration of the day that the law was given. On the day that the law was given, 3,000 people died. On that same day when the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people were saved. God redeemed completely by the Spirit what the law brought in as death. You see that? The Holy Spirit was then poured out. The Bible says that He came as a rushing wind. That doesn't mean He is a rushing wind. It just means that that's how they experienced Him. And tongues of fire came upon their heads and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all began to speak in other tongues. The fascinating thing is not one of them was left out. And they were all speaking in other tongues, and the people were confused because they were hearing them speak in their own native tongue, and many of them were for all over the the region of Galilee and many other parts. We're talking about Arabs who are hearing them speak in their tongue, and uh, Medians in their tongue, and, you know, just... Everywhere, Jews were hearing them speak in their tongue. They were all speaking in different tongues, and they were hearing them in the tongue that they understood as their mother tongue. And this was um, a very interesting observation for them. Wouldn't it be for us as well if 12 people stood up here and we all heard different languages? Am I right? And this is obviously where the accusation comes that, you know, these people are drunk. And then Peter He gets up in verse 14, and he says, Peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them, saying, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Okay, now, I want you to paint a picture in your mind. I want you to imagine what it would have looked like. Um, These people are all blabbering 
and the language is making sense in everyone's own tongue. And it's a big commotion and a big noise, all right? And you're standing there and you're watching all this. And this is a very strange thing because you're hearing all this exhortation about God and how good He is, and that's what you're hearing while you're standing there. And then the next thing, this guy stands up and he says, no, this is what Joel prophesied about. And then this is what Joel prophesies. He says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, flesh, sorry, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Does he say some of your sons? Some of your daughters? Or does he say, and your sons and your daughters? And he just previously in the context said, all flesh. Okay. Then he says, and your male servants and your female servants, in those days I will pour out my flesh and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke and sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, what's interesting is, this prophetic word says nothing about praying in tongues. Can you find it for me, please? I looked. But yet, Peter is saying, Holy Spirit interpretation. Joel. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter was able to bring them back to the prophetic word of the outpouring of the Spirit on all flesh, even when what they were seeing didn't seem like what he was talking about. Who, who would agree that that's exactly what happened? And yet, yeah, Peter is not wrong. The Holy Spirit is not wrong. I'm not disagreeing with him. I would be, I think, a fool to do such a thing. The Holy Spirit is accurately connecting these things because what he's doing is he's wanting to show you that this is the days of where rain the heavens and come down. The Holy Spirit has come down. The inauguration has happened. The kingdom of God has come. For the kingdom of God is not in food or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where is the, prophet, where is the peace and joy and righteousness? Where is the kingdom? In the Holy Spirit. So since we are connected to the Holy Spirit, and He is here now, we are in the kingdom in Him. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to fulfill the will of God on the earth. And He wants to fulfill the will of God on the earth for every one of you through every one of you. It's very quiet here this morning. I take it you're listening. That's why you're so quiet, right? Okay, good, good, good. So what's important is that if we don't learn to bypass these social norms that have limited us from interacting with the Holy Spirit, then we will continue to foster a culture 
that is contrary to the culture of the kingdom. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, encourage one another daily. Do we encourage one another daily? How many of you would like to be encouraged daily? One person. Two. Do I have four? Do I have five? Five? Yes, I've got five. Do I have seven? So clearly, I would, I would imagine we all would enjoy to be encouraged daily. So not only should you accept encouragement, but you should also be ready to encourage. Okay, good. So the reason why the Holy Spirit was sent, Jesus said, it would be better for you if I went to the Father so that my Father can send the promised Spirit because when the Spirit of God came, it would be better than when Jesus was here. Hello? You know why? Because you're here. And he now gets to live in and through you. And he gets to go everywhere around the world. Is this making sense? Right. So, Paul speaks to the Corinthians, and he's trying to make them understand something. Their problem was that they were being very selfish towards one another. Okay? That was their problem. And he's trying to help them understand the motivation of gifting is supposed to come from a heart of love that is deposited in us by God, that we nurture by loving one another. If you need to hear that again, there will be a video. Amen. Because how is love perfected? How many of you believe the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart? For those of you, the love of God is being perfected as you love others. The way that God loved you. Amen? All right. So watch this. This is what he says. He says, pursue love. This is 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. What was the prophetic word from Joel that Peter said everyone would do? Everyone would prophesy. Do you know that a king, when a king speaks and makes a declaration, he is in effect prophesying? When he says, and so it shall be, that's how it will be. You understand that? So when, when you are speaking God's word, when you are speaking what God lays on your heart, you are declaring prophetically the intent and the will of God onto the earth, and you are establishing the kingdom. We learned that this is a voice-activated kingdom. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. Okay, so watch what it says here. Let me just carry on. Verse 2. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. So praying in tongues is really between you and God. Amen? Okay. 
For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who, who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So what is the reason for why somebody should be prophesying in the church? For their upbuilding. Can you say upbuilding? For their encouragement. Say encouragement. And consolation. Can you say consolation? Okay. So if these are the three things that the Bible says prophecy is for, then should it be about doom and gloom? Should it be about um, where you're going to move to next week? Or, or what auntie is going to visit you? No, it's, it's in line with these things. Am I correct? Now that means that God has put in place the Holy Spirit to not only encourage you, but to encourage others through you. And when you encourage others through you, you learn to partner and participate with Him so that your relationship with Him is also strengthened as you participate in demonstrating God's love to others through your willingness to sacrifice your time and speak what God wants them to know. Does that make sense? Very, very important. So unless we begin to operate in a culture of the prophetic, where prophecy becomes as simple as breathing in and out, where people walk in the door and you see them, and the minute God drops something in your heart, you are able to have the freedom to speak to them and share with them what you, what you believe God is telling you, then what will happen is there will always be a stiflement of what God is wanting to do. Let me tell you, for months prior to receiving the prophetic word I received last weekend, I already have known many of the things that were prophesied. But the confirmation was an encouragement. How many of you know that a, that a confirmation can be an encouragement? Because sometimes, you know, you can have these delusions of grandeur, right? Sometimes you can think, wow, things are going to be so great, but you, you don't know whether it's in your head or if, it's, or if it's God. And when someone comes and confirms what you believe God is telling you, then it settles you to know, okay, this isn't just me going on a wild goose chase. Uh, I'm, 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 I've got the right direction. And it also encourages you to keep listening to the Holy Spirit in your private time because you know you're actually hearing Him. Is this good, guys? All right. So what I want to do, sheesh, do I even have time now? Okay. All right. So just as a, a basic premise, just two minutes. Everyone in this room has the ability to say an encouraging word to someone else. If you need an encouraging word, can you stand up, please? If you need an encouraging word, can you stand up, please? If you need an encouraging word, can you stand up, please? If you need an encouraging word, can you stand up, please? Are you saying that none of you here need encouragement? Okay, good. Those of you who need an encouraging word, I want you to keep standing. Those of you who are seated, 
Can you please go and stand a meter away from the person that is um, needing encouragement? Because you're about to prophesy. Come on. Let's go. Come on. You can do it. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. And don't worry, I'm going to help you. All right. Number one. And a word of encouragement is anything that God lays on your heart about the other person based on what you believe God thinks about that person. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, we just got one, we got a couple of seconds left. Okay, if you feel encouraged, you can go sit down. Has anyone come and encouraged you yet? No. Rich, can you go over there? That couple over there. Been encouraged to die. Okay, you guys can all find your way back to your seats. Just going to close off. I will honor the time. How many of you were encouraged? Can you put your hand up? Okay, so do you see that this is what is supposed to happen every time? And so we're going to be talking in the future about how to do this so that you don't feel like you're imposing on anyone or anything like that. And we're going to put some things in place. Everyone excited about something like that? Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. God bless you guys.